and welcome back to Beauty from the Heart. I'm your host, Rose Gallagher, and in this podcast, I'm going to share personal journeys and inspiring stories from people within the beauty industry. Joining me today is Azzy Glasser, a master perfumer who creates fragrances for everyone you can think of. Um, Azzy is one of the most fascinating women I've ever met in beauty, and I love that she's led to create by her instincts rather than the big marketing trends. In her professional life, Azzy has created fragrances for every big brand you can think of. And I first came to know her because I asked to interview her many years ago when I found out that she made my favourite fragrance, which we'll touch on in a little while. Um, But she also works closely with all kinds of creatives and she makes completely bespoke fragrances for them, whether it's something that they want to wear in their personal life to have a completely unique scent or sometimes to help them get into a new character, maybe if they're playing a role in a film. She counts the likes of Stephen Fry, Johnny Depp, Helena Bonham Carter, Jude Law, for example, among her clients and friends. So telling us about her personal approach to fragrance, one wherein she finds your perfect scent based on your personality more so than anything else, here's Azzy Glasser. Today I am tucked away in a warm treasure chest of fragrances, I would call it, in Camden, and I'm in the studio of Azzy Glasser. So when I first came to this house, which was many years ago, um, I described it as the Aladdin's Cave of Fragrance and I always think of it in that way. Um, I've had a very warm welcome from Jagger this morning, our little one-eyed friend at the door there with a wagging tail. And Azzy, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. So good to have you back here. Oh, I it love feels like it was ages ago, but now it actually feels like it was yesterday. I love you. You know, one thing I always love is I just love listening to you. Well, I love your accent. I think it's just it's just like a song. Well, I feel like whenever I come here, you tell me the most amazing stories. And when I was thinking about how much I love fragrance and how could I bring it to life and, you know, explain it in a way that, you know, you don't have to smell to experience. Um, you were the only person that came to mind. So I've been so excited to come back. Um, for anyone listening, Azzy is an amazing perfumer. And we first met because years ago, I'd asked you if I could come and talk to you about Illamasqua Freak, which is my favourite fragrance of all time, which we'll touch on a little bit later. Um, but what I love about you, Azzy, and why I love your way of making perfumes is you just couldn't care less about the marketing spiel you boycott the lot and you really choose a fragrance for someone based on their personality yeah I mean I think you know if we go back to the beginning which was um, my first fragrance I created was Asian Provocateur we started in 1999 and then we launched in 2000 and I remember and having gone through the 90s which is very much at that point, I was creative commercial director for a big perfume house and working with lots of big fashion houses on their perfumes. And I just couldn't believe that everything sort of looked the same, it smelled the same. You know, whenever I'd go in with something that's, you know, how about doing this sort of creative new story concept design? You know, so-and-so wanted their fragrance to smell like the other brand, not mentioning any names. But I thought, well, you know, you should be leading the market because that's what it always used to be like. I mean, if you go back to the eighties and before that, it was it was exciting when a perfume was launched. Yeah. And the nineties was I found a little bit more, you know, quite bland and, and boring. 
And I suppose it is a reflection of its times as well. Yeah, I think the 80s kind of definitely in fragrance reflected the fact of power and money in the fragrances, which was poison, Giorgio obsession were very powerful fragrances. And the 90s was, was all about that sort of light wateriness, uh, the trends of ozone, water, mm-hmm. green, fresh. It was just, you know, and everything kind of looked very similar as well. I couldn't I couldn't actually tell from one brand to another. <laughs> and yeah. in fashion you you could visualize you could easily see whether, you know, that was a particular fashion brand and then another fashion brand looked different because it was completely different style. But the perfume didn't reflect that. So I just thought, well what's happened to the industry and this is not right. And it was very much dictated by the marketing men. And I didn't really want to be a part of that anymore. So that's when I decided to launch with good friends of mine at the time was um, founders of Agent Provocateur, Joe and Serena, and uh, we launched Agent Provocateur Parfum. And, you know, it was and the story of just even creating that perfume was interesting because when I remember going down that road, I always wanted to create a perfume that was my first one had to be in a porcelain bottle. Well, this was one of the stories I remember you first telling me when we met, Um that particular journey to finding that bottle was something that you really had this clear vision for because years and years ago, that's what fragrances used to be housed in. And you got so many no's, but there was just no taking no for an answer. And you absolutely set out to make sure that fragrance was in a porcelain bottle, no matter what. When we spoke to the manufacturers, they were saying, oh, no, it's not possible. You know, perfume's in glass. And... um, you know, it's just, it's not just not going to be suitable. And I was thinking, oh, hang on a minute, you know, like 200 years ago, they used to, perfume used to be in porcelain because practically it keeps the perfume cool and it stops degeneration by light. So it kind of all technically makes sense. And I said, what are you saying to me? So 200 years ago, they were able to do this. And now we're supposed to be more advanced as a world. Mm-hmm. And it's not possible. So I said to Joe, I said, look, the only way we're going to do this is actually driving up to Stoke-on-Trent because that's where they make the porcelain. (laughs) I mean, they did make tea sets and vases, but I thought, well, if they can do tea sets and vases, I'm sure they can do a bottle. They can make a bottle. Yeah. It ended up being an icon for so many reasons. Mm. Um, Visually, it was so different. But I think in particular at that time when you had this very soft placid gentle landscape of fragrances it was just a complete culture shock wasn't it and of course we went against all the trends because the trends were light watery as i said and we came up with this very powerful strong fragrance that were the total opposite which was a massive gamble for one to take yeah and i remember a lot of the buyers at the time thinking wow you know are you sure about this yeah and i was thinking well I couldn't have been more sure because it totally represented the brand. And that's where I think I've always believed in fragrance should represent the the personality and style, whether it's a person, a brand, a place, whatever it is. So when I'm creating a fragrance, and at that point, of course, it was Fragrant Provocateur, it totally personified them, their world, and and that was a piece of it that somebody could buy, yeah. you know, and and it was and it became hugely popular. We won lots of awards, and you know, I suppose the rest is history from from there. And that's one of the things that I think is so fascinating about how you work, Azzy, is. 
there's so many different strands to your perfumery and I kind of want to touch on each individual one because I think they're all just Mm. fascinating in their own right. So that was an example of a brand that wants you to capture their perfect spirit. But sometimes it's not a brand. Sometimes it's an actor or an actress and they are playing a new role and they will ask you to create something to wear to help them get into character. Yes, that's right. Um, (laughs) I've had so many different stories to tell on that one which one shall I choose um there was one I loved mm -hmm. about someone that um had a blend that smelt like stale cigarettes and whiskey and used to rock up at like (laughs) six in the morning stinking of all this stuff and it was all the perfume that's right that's Helena Bonham Carter oh really (laughs) she won't mind that either it's um we had lots of fun and games in fact Helena and I have done I've done many films with her you know from Harry Potter to Miss Havisham this particular one you're talking about is Dark Shadows oh Dark Shadows I know yeah it's such a great film directed by Tim Burton and also starred Johnny Depp, who I also worked with on the film. But Helena's fragrance, so she'd called me up and said, well, you know, I've got my role. It's, I said, great, who, what are you playing this time? So she said, well, I've got to play a, an alcoholic, chain-smoking psychiatrist based in the 1970s. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, how much do you smoke? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said, well, how much do you smoke? She said, well, you know, all day long. I said, what do you drink? She said, a whiskey bourbon. I said, how often? Breakfast, lunch, dinner. And I was like, okay, so you're going to be really, you know, on set, you're not going to be smelling good, you realise that? And she said, well, whatever, you just give me whatever it is. So we would, I remember we were at the cafe down the road and and she said, have you, have you got it ready? And I said, yeah, yeah I've got it here. So so I got them out and she literally fell off her chair and she, I mean, she's got a great laugh and she just, I mean, everyone just stopped and I mean, lots of, <laughs> they stop and stare anyway. So that just made it worse with her sort of laughing her head off. And she said, oh my God, you've got to be joking. Have, got, have I got to smell like that? I said, well, you, you know, it's, it's serious stuff. That's what you, she said, wow. And then I remember the next day she was going on set at 6am and she, she she sent me a test. She said, she goes, oh my God, it's amazing. She said, everyone is like, wow, Helen, are you really taking this role to heart, aren't you? She <laughs> said, it's like, she, they actually thought that she had started smoking again. I mean, she doesn't smoke. So it was wow. an interesting one. And she doesn't drink whiskey bourbon, by the way, either. So, um, so yeah, it, it, you know, that, that did help her. And I know that lots of the the people that you've worked with in that capacity, they might ask you to make a blend that's just them, that's their personality and for them to wear that's just theirs every day. Yeah, we have lots of, because we work with lots of bespoke perfumes. And in fact, I must tell you this story is a great one. It's um, because I had to do this one blind. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So this was a real challenge. And then it was who it was. It was, uh, I get a call from Randy Gerber the husband of Cindy Crawford. Okay. And it was Cindy's 50th birthday surprise. So he, he said, we wanted to see whether you would like to do a bespoke perfume for my wife, Cindy. And I remember the first thing he said was the fact that, oh, Cindy doesn't like perfume, she doesn't wear it and hasn't done because she doesn't like it. That's why I've come to you because I know that you seem to create everything that people end up loving. And I was thinking, God, no pressure. You know, and what a challenge. Wow. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so... I created Cindy's perfume and I remember going out there and it was between, I just had two vials, it was between two and they chose the perfume 
both blind one out of the room. And Cindy said, if we both choose the same one, then it's the it's one. in sync and it's the one. And thank, thankfully it was. I knew it would be, but it was, I mean, it's it's so her. She loves it. She calls it, you know, it's her second skin. And what does it smell like? Well, it smells of her. It smells of Cindy now. It's sort of, I mean, I can't reveal what's inside it, of course, because it's her own bespoke perfume, which is not for sale. But it smells very, it's one of those perfumes that you can't even guess what ingredients inside it. It's it sort of, it's, it's the smell of that trail that gets left behind, which is sort of, you know, makes the heads turn. And when you're making a blend for someone that's mm. just for them yeah. and something so unique to them, what kinds of questions do you ask or what does that process look like to get to know that person to know what they're going to want to smell like I mean I always call it like a fun therapy session I always say that everyone's got two personalities you have one that you portray to the outside world then you have that inner personality that comes out to close friends people that you love but my job is to bring them together Mm -hmm. because I have to do this the fragrance you know the bespoke fragrance for them that basically tells the story of them. It's their personality and then it's their style. Same way that they choose the clothes that they wear, have their makeup and hair because they are identifying themselves as them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like the way, you you know, you're Rose. I can see, you know, you, know you, you have a sense of style and personality about you that is different to other people. No one is the same. So I'm sort of discovering what that is and you know talking about things that they like types of films um where they go on holidays you know just sort of talk about any all sorts of things restaurants food cooking whatever they like doing sometimes we go out it's it's all it depends on On what the situation is but generally speaking um when I have bespoke clients to come and see me I always end up getting quite you know close with them in a way because it is that sort of you know, childhood memories come into yeah, it. It's very intimate, isn't it? Yeah, it's intimate and it's fun and it's funny um, and it's very relaxed. Yeah. I've never really, I've never ever got it wrong yet, I have to say, but um, I don't know. It's just something that I think is, that's the way that I create perfumes and I think it, it makes sense to me. It's logical. It's a reflection and a DNA print of them through my nose. And so, say when I first came to meet you, you very much explained your methods and I thought what I loved about it is it was so different to anything else that I feel I'm exposed to within the beauty industry. You know, you you get a fragrance launch and there's a a cover girl and a story and a narrative and an advert and a this and a that and the other. And you just stripped it all back and said, no, no, how I do things is I'll get to know the person, what's right for them. It was very kind of based on instinct, which I thought was lovely and not based on what the right or wrong thing was to do. And then it seemed like the perfect way to then form your own, the perfumer story that's now your entire business model as such. You will find the perfect fragrance for that person's personality as opposed to matching them to a load of spiel. Yeah. And it's just so nice to think that you can have such a successful thing that's based on those, you know, prime allergies and not just ticking a box on a sheet. Yeah, I think so. I think the, the, I think the perfume industry is very much kind of dictates what consumers should buy mm-hmm. and how it's done for many years and... 
you know, and perfume is not cheap. It's, it's an no. expensive product. So it always sort of bothers me in a way because I always like to spend or put the money into the actual juice of what it smells like rather than the money into the advertising and yeah. then the marketing. Even the, you know, the, the niche luxury end of, of perfume is is all generally based on, well, if you like oud, you're going to love this. You know, it's all based on ingredients and the trend of oud or jasmine or rose or pink pepper or whatever it is today or tomorrow. So, you know, what makes sense to me is having a perfume that is um, a representation of who you are and who you and how you want to dress yourself into the world. Yeah. I mean, I get about six or seven comments a day on what I smell like. They're like, oh, my God, you smell amazing. What's that? And what's and your signature scent, Aze? Mine is Sequoia Wood, which which is one of our bestsellers, actually. And that's, that's based on the personality and style of um, it's sensual uh, without being too pretty pretty. It's creative and it has a bit of edginess to it. If you like fragrances that are a bit sort of more unisex and it is a unisex one as Tom Hardy wears that one as well and lots of other guys that I know wear it but women absolutely love it but men love it on women so it's it's just it's a, it's, it's a lovely fragrance um, that I love I've worn it for now nine years um, and all my perfumes are very much based on there's 13 in the collection mm-hmm. and they're all based on different characters and style I, I mean, wear I know, Twisted Iris Azzy what, how would you describe the so, Twisted Iris you know, person so you, it is so perfect for you as well and I can see why you wear it because Twisted Iris is um, the fun loving character bohemian stylish and pretty it has that kind of girliness to it and Twisted Eyes actually has become hugely popular as well really there's so people just love that one and they get quite obsessed with Twisted Iris it's quite earthy as well I like that there's something a bit yeah rough and ready about it it is and it also it has that slightly kind of vintage character to it yes which is really sexy and i know that one of the things that you also do that's really popular in particular with couples or people as you say wanting to get something a bit different that is something outside of the norm are the the fragrance workshops yeah they've become so popular and they're, they're really exciting because i think it's sometimes people can't afford the big bespoke perfume because mm-hmm. it is expensive and it's um it's sort of the ultimate queen bee yeah and but there's still a big demand with people saying oh i really want to sort of you know have your have an experience with you yeah um so then i decided to when i went as artist in residency at the mandrake last year i uh did these work fragrance workshops there that's how we started it for valentine's which was brilliant you get fragrance style by me so I get to, you know, get to choose which fragrance would suit your own personality and style because mm-hmm. it is hard to choose for lots of people. Yeah. And then I, and it's what's interesting is once once I do it for them, then they can then do it for other people because they're like, oh my god, I can actually choose perfumes for my brother and my best friend and my son and whoever. Yeah. It's great because you actually make your own personal love oils, perfume oils, um, body washes as well. And you can choose whatever name you want to go on there. We've had all sorts oh. of interesting names. Have you got any funny ones that you can... Um, well, I think what people do is they think, God, if I wanted to have a perfume, I'd call it, like, remember we talked about your yeah. one, oh, Freaky Rose. Freaky Rose. I can't wait example. to get that home. <laughs> so it's, it really depends on whatever they want to call it. And and as I said, they you know, there's also 
some interesting and amazing names that come through. And sometimes they just they just call it themselves. Um, and there's a formula number that goes on it as well. They also receive the, the perfume itself and uh, one of our bespoke bags. I mean, what's wonderful is like people do it for their um, daughters for weddings or I was going to say bride and groom um, do they attach it to kind of a moment a lot of people that come they do but so many interesting moments it can be things like where the, the whole family will come it's like a bonding session which is really sweet because Aww. it's because everyone's like children in a way it's all like a fun creative artisanic experience that we all have and then we've even had companies that will come as a team building experience something more creative rather than doing something that's sort of um you know um car racing or whatever it is that, that people do yeah or um anniversaries birthdays it's it's there's so many different you know, hen parties. I mean, <laughs> it's it is quite fun, and then we always have like bubbles that sort of gets everyone in more into the spirit for it as well, which Aww. is it's it's great. So we are doing. Um, I can put yourself into. We're doing all the, all the sessions which we then host at the Dorchester as well. If you're in London, or you can come. We also do private sessions at my studio. So, oh, and this studio. I mean, this is we can't be sat in here and not talk about this studio because I love coming here just to see this room oh we love having you here as well it is it, I mean I love the description that you first gave it was best the Aladdin's cave it of perfumery is, it is just <laughs> so to explain it to you there are shelves and shelves and shelves of every fragrance you can think of there's collections of fragrances that all sit together there's raw ingredients any fragrance through time or candle is in a little nook or cranny in this room. Yeah, so it's all, I've got different references. I mean, a lot of the perfumes that you see I've created over the years, as you can tell by, yeah, Ashen Brogder and Jasper Conran over there. Nicole and Foy. the Bella Freud fragrances were all... Yeah. all the candles With as your well. touch to them. Have you got a favourite out of those? Um, I like the art candle, actually. I oh. thought that was a really interesting one because it was based on Lucian Freud, who's one of my favourite artists, obviously her, Bella's dad. Aww. So that's um, that was a really um, great one that we did together. I've got the art jumper, actually. Oh, the yeah, art jumper and the loving jumper. I haven't had the art candle, but I've had the loving candle. Yeah. And I would find with that that you would burn it and the smell would just last for days. You wouldn't yeah. even need to burn it every day. It's just so powerful. Yeah. I mean, I mean with candles, I really... You know, like with our fragrance candle collection, it's all based on fragrance architecture. You know, when you're designing your house, it's like creating different moods in different areas. Mm -hmm. So you have a certain mood for the living room or the study and uh, the bedroom, yeah, the dining area. So, for example, our fig ambrette is perfect for the kitchen dining area because the notes of fig goes very well with cooking scents and it's quite it's all about bringing the outdoors in so it's quite green and fresh oh wow and then we've got um black moss which is a big favorite is the entrance because when you smell it, it smells like no other candle and everyone's like, it smells very grand and expensive and wow factor. So it's always quite good to have that when, as soon as you enter someone's house. So that's that's for the entrance. And then we have Fever 54 for the bedrooms. And why does that elicit the bedroom? Oh my God, it's just 
it it works every time. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Just light the candle. And honestly, you do not have to worry about it because it's it's just sort of it's um it's like a real boudoir but it's it smells rich and expensive very sensual and um and then we've got the tuscan suede which is really nice for the study in the library or the living kind of where the fire's going area uh, it's very leathery and woody and lovely i want to ask you actually speaking of the study um old books from your collection oh, i yeah. think is one of the fragrances that I see so many people comment on and I think that it's one that elicits a really strong reaction from people because it's yeah. just so unique, isn't it? It is so unique and it's it's really sexy as well. I love it. It's one of my favourite, all-time favourites. And it's got, a, I mean, a lot of actors just love that fragrance and models and musicians. It's, got, it's unisex and men and women wear it. It's quite edgy as a fragrance mm-hmm. because it's sort of got those notes of frankincense. It's very woody. It's got a lot of character, doesn't it? Yeah, it's based on, it's, you know, as the character and style of that is heritage, intelligence and eccentricity. Oh, <laughs> And, you know, with it being such an emotive process and you're always around fragrances and you know, have been for many years. Do you find that any of them are attached to a particular memory for you? Is there anything that you smell to take you back to a time or? Well, one of my fondest early memories uh, of perfume was when my, was when I was a child, when my my mother and father would always go to lots of parties. And and I remember they'd all spend, both spend about an hour getting ready, my father also. And my mum would, I remember watching her, she was put on a false eyelashes back in the 70s um, and then her, her fur coat on and then she would basically spray her, the same perfume, which was worth as a finishing touch and then give me a kiss goodnight and walk out the door. And I remember when, she, when she'd go, it's not at that point, it's when the door would shut, she would just leave this incredible expensive aroma sort of lingering in the air above me and around me because I was quite little at the time so I always used to kind of look up for some reason <laughs> and uh and it was so sensual and beautiful but it just smelled so expensive and I remember thinking god you know one day I might own a bottle of perfume and it's I'm gonna smell as as like a princess like you know that's to me the vision of of what the scent did rather than what she wore it's amazing. It's very powerful. It's very powerful as well, mm. having that intent, because it's so funny to hear you say that you'd be thinking, one day I might own a bottle yeah. of that. And I mean, look at the room we're in. I we're know, surrounded. And, got, and that's those notes are actually in, if you smell After Hours, um, Fever 54, and the SNX, the Rankin fragrance that I did the collaboration with. So... Um, yeah, I I love um, I love the fact that I can finally have that story to tell, but it's actually in a bottle now. There we go. Your whole career, you've kind of carved your own path, followed your own gut instinct, as opposed to ticking off a checklist of the way to do things. If someone's listening and maybe they're more creative or maybe it's something in their personal life and they just want to 
find the bravery and the faith to do that what inspires you to stay on that path and always trust your own instincts above anything else yeah I think you know boundaries are always there to be broken and um I think whatever you one wants to do in life um if you focus and concentrate on on that there I mean you will absolutely do it you know and generally you'll find that that you'll get the goal and more anyway <laughs> and when my father always said to me when I was little that um you know life is what you're going to make of it and no one will be there to do it for you you know you'll have people that will come into your lives that might help you which will be a bonus but they won't make your world the only person that will make your world and your life will be yourself and that's it and I, and I believe that that is absolutely true I would tell my children the same thing and um you know I mean you know for me from the industry I was I very much did and said what I thought but not not just for the sake of doing that it's you know it's like sort of for example, you know, everyone's everyone's sort of launches perfume. It has to be in a fifty mil bottle or a hundred mil bottle. It's like, well, I did mine in a thirty mil bottle and a hundred and fifty mil bottle. And the reason being is because that makes much more sense to me. You know, the fifty mil is too big to put into my handbag yeah. nowadays, and the thirty mil is perfect for the handbag and it's perfect for the man's pocket. So it works. You need to carry your perfume with you everywhere you go. And then the 150 mil, mine are, you, you can see they're like giant flacons. Yeah, they're and they enormous. they look fabulous. They're lovely. They're so lavish. On the dressing table. You yeah. want something that really is an ornamental piece on the dressing table. The 100 mil you're never going to take with you. It's always going to sit on the dressing table. But they just get swallowed up by everything else. So, you know, if you've got good enough reasons for changing the systems mm -hmm. and breaking the boundaries, then people will follow and when you look at the, the landscape, whether it's fragrance or beauty or even just in general today, is there anyone that stands out to you that you think they're making a really positive change or they're inspiring a positive change? Yeah, I think I think Charlotte Tilbury's done a fantastic job. I mean, yeah. she's a friend of mine as well. I've known her for a long time. Um, similar to me in terms of she works a lot of actors and lots of friends that I work with as well but I think she's really she's she's kind of done what I just said as well where she has broken down boundaries she's gone with her own you know path and she's had you know difficulties in the in the industry um in doing that but she she's made it happen because I think she finally listened to herself yeah rather than listening to other people and that's what I did and that's what I found that worked you know I think she's done an incredible job I love wearing her makeup and me too you know and I love going to place think you know there's Charlotte everywhere yeah good for her it's fabulous and if someone wants to keep up with you as a or spend time with you or find you to keep up with all of these stories themselves where can we find you um well, we've got our website, which is uh, theperfumerstory.com. So you can always contact me through that, through social media as well, which is under Azzy Glasser. And I think that at the moment, the best way of having that experience with me is through the fragrance workshops that we're now holding and doing, which is such fun. You know, I mean, one thing I love, I love people and finding out what their stories are because yeah. people always think oh, don't you run out of ideas <laughs> creating perfumes I'm thinking well considering my perfumes are based on characters and style that's why I just love meeting new characters yeah because they are all inspiration 
to where I'm going in the future with my perfumes. I love chatting to the taxi drivers. We have such great conversations. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I find them inspiring. Um, children, it's the list just goes on and on and on. So it, I'm very contactable and um, and I think the, with the fragrance workshops, they've gone down very well because I think it's something that brings people together. There we go. Well, Azzy, thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you for having me. It's no. such fun always with you. I love coming to this house, the turquoise steps. I just There's something <laughs> so magical about this house. It has such an atmosphere to it. Um, so I'm going to go and give Jagger a little cuddle goodbye on my oh, way out. The very, the very warmest of welcomes, I might say, as I always have when I come here. Yeah, so, um, one-eyed dog. <laughs> Thank you so much, Azzy. It's been lovely. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please leave a review and subscribe if you enjoyed it or even better, just tell a friend that you think would love to listen. Um, I love hearing from you as well so please message me at Rose Gallagher if you want to say hello or if you have any thoughts you want to share. Have a lovely day and I'll speak to you next time. Bye.